Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. Welcome to the Lazy Geeks Network. Welcome, everybody, to the Lazy Geeks Podcast, our weekly news podcast to discuss news that interests us from the past week. This is for the week of April 23rd, 2017. I'm Stephen Vargas. I'm Adam Riley. All right, all right, all right. Hey. So, hey. <laughs> so I had, it was funny because uh, I was figuring it's, a, it's an interesting weekend when you start the weekend and you're watching, you know, on, net, um, on Netflix and cable, you know, I started watching uh, uh, Escape from New York classic and then i ended up watching commando with arnold schwarzenegger nice and then ended it with howard stern's private parts that seems i love that movie that's that's like a normal progression right (laughs) howard howard stern private part is my comfort movie like that (laughs) right anytime i'm just really having a shitty fucking couple of weeks yeah i'll put that fucking private parts on i feel better <laughs> right <laughs> that's kind of blazing saddles to me like every time yeah. if i'm a shitty week i just put that on and that shit just makes me fucking roar melts away yeah you know but yeah watching that and all that scene in the the scene with um after howard's wife finds the uh wet underwear in the car and then he's talking to fred and he's like she won't even talk to me she's not coming to detroit and like what am i gonna do I don't know. And then he said, right. I'm glad I could come to you, Fred. I can always talk to you about anything. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Jesus. (laughs) Oh, man. So I'm finally getting new RAM for my uh, desktop. Finally. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, it's the only thing that seems to have just been, you know, because if you guys heard way back, I think it was late last year, I kept getting this recurring error on um, Windows 10 for a bad pool head error. And, you know, it was like some were saying it was web root and, and, you know, some were saying, oh, yeah, just disconnect 
anything aside from your mouse and your, you know, all of these things. And, and nothing seemed to be coming up except one that was saying that, and it always seemed when I, when I installed Webroot and I never had that problem before. So, you know, somebody, uh, I, I think you were saying, and then I was reading somewhere else where it seemed to, they were saying that, yeah, sometimes that'll do it when it's, um, a bad Ram stick. So I just have like one eight gig stick in my computer. So I'm getting, I'm upping it to 12 cause that's as much as this computer can take. And, mm-hmm. um, and I'm just getting, uh, three, four gig sticks right? and just put them in there and hope that'll, that'll cover the issue. So then I can go back and add all the other apps that I had on there. Cause pretty much, you know, like I'm working bare bones on this computer right now, just audition and, and everything else. And before I had, you know, all of my Adobe, um, uh, all my Adobe, uh, programs on here and Webroot and all of that. So I'm not sure exactly what the fuck is going on with that, but you know, it'll, you know, so hopefully that'll fix it up and I'll be able to get this, you know, computer back up and running again. But, you know, um, if this doesn't work, (laughs) <laughs> it's time to look at a new system. I know. I just really would hate to. I spent a hundred bucks on those on those RAM sticks. It's like I really don't want to just like do that to be like, ah, oh, you're kidding me. Well, I mean, if well, yeah, you're true because those are DDR three, right? Yeah, yeah. If you buy a new new computer, they're gonna, it's going to need DDR four, so they'll be useless. Yeah. So yeah. So that that's going to be interesting. That'll that'll be fun. <laughs> Uh, oh, it was funny because um, what was it? Uh, I was <laughs> today. I was actually um, there. There was an episode early, early on, and I've been trying to find the episode that we did because for some reason I didn't mark it on the show notes. But I've been trying to uh, because one of Adam's uh, did you was it? Yeah, one of Adam's stories today is uh, did I lose Adam? No, I'm here. Can you hear me? Are you there, Adam? I'm talking right now. Hello. Hello, 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 hello. Adam. Hello, 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 hello. And the call dropped. Uh, what happened can you hear me now yeah i can hear you now i could hear you just fine and my mic was working i don't know why you couldn't hear me it just like totally cut out like like the call was like gone Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it was just completely dead air. Did you stop recording, or are you still? Re- no, okay. I'm still recording. <laughs> okay, so am I. So it's just <laughs> okay. So that was weird. Um, all right. So we'll go back to the. Uh, I'll go back to what I was talking about just a second ago. Um. So today I was going back because one of your stories later on you you're bringing up was something that I made a joke about in last week's episode. Uh-huh. And um, so I remember um, when you and I had a discussion and we had said that um, 
the only way Justice League would work is if we had a Batman versus Superman movie. And then like a, right. a couple a week or two later, I couldn't remember just how long it was, we got the announcement of Batman versus Superman was coming out before Justice League. And we were like, oh, we so call that, you know? And I've been trying to find what episode it is. And I found the announcement episode, like when they announced it. But I was like, fuck, was it like... So I'm like, so I'm basically in the 130s <laughs> looking at this. <laughs> like from 2013, like literally Man of Steel had just come out. And, uh, and you and I were talking about it. So I was listening to it and I was like, huh. Okay, so I was listening to some of the old ones, and you and I were talking about um, Man of Steel, and now I'm saying that uh, I think it took you a while before you actually went and saw it, and I was giving you shit on it. But I yeah. was I was listening to it, and you and I were like, "Yeah, it was cool. Like we, you know, enjoyed it, and it was a lot of fun." I was like, "Okay, so we never really deviated off of that." <laughs> like, but I've been trying to find that one because I'm like going, "We so predicted that," and then I was just like, in this episode, I'm like. I so nailed that whole thing that we're going to talk about later on, but I was trying to find that episode because I want to be able to say like, Hey, I did this on this episode and, and back on this episode, we said they needed to do Batman versus Superman in order to make justice league work. And you've gone dead again. You still can't hear me. I'm not sure why I'm not hearing you. There you are. Hello. Yeah. I hear you. Why, why does, why do I keep cutting out? I don't know. I have no idea. It's weird because there is literally no hiccup whatsoever on my end. Yeah. And there's no, like, like on my end, I just, it's just like you just kind of cut in and cut out. It's so weird because I'm not doing anything. And mm. Skype is legit. Mm. All right. But anyway, so I'm just trying to find that episode. So if any of you out there, <laughs> I'm going to throw this out on you guys. If any of you guys out there are, uh, listening to some of the old episodes and happen to know what episode I'm talking about, hit us up because <laughs> I want to yes. be able to, I want to be able to say like, Hey, we, we fucking called it. Um, so yeah. So anyway, um, oh yeah. And the only other thing this week for me was I kind of put a pin in the whole comicsology comic app. Oh, we're feeling it anymore. Well, it's not just that. It's the fact that like, you know, with DC coming out with the whole, um, with kind of that, that whole thing they're doing right now in Rebirth where they're talking about, you know, uh, we got the button in this episode and then, you know, Superman kind of adjusting the universe. It's kind of rekindled my interest into into that as well as reading in the Marvel books. So I'm right. kind of not just having time to kick into that to feel like justifying paying, you know, the extra money for it. So it's just kind of like if I'm not using it, I'm just going to I'll put it on hold for a little bit and then I'll, you know, maybe go back to it. But, you know, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's not bad. I mean, you know, you can get a lot of books and you can read a lot of that stuff, especially IDW and image and stuff like that. So, you know, but I'm just kind of with the amount of time that I have during, you know, during the week, because especially now with work and shit like that, just so much going on at work. And it's just like, I come home and I'm like, I'm just like fucking wasted. I just don't want to do shit. So it's like, See, I'm the opposite. Like it's completely slow at work to the point of insanity. Uh, and I'm running out. of like, I'm sitting, it's to the point where I'm like, I need to find things to do. <laughs> so I'm not just sitting there doing nothing. Right. But they moved my desk to where I'm a little more visible because I used to be in the back. I fucking mm. throw on the phone, watch some videos, whatever. 
you know, but I can't do that shit anymore. Well, yeah, like on mine, like before, I, I think I mentioned before that I was, you know, we were technically a six person crew, but it was only three of us doing six people's work. Right. And now they've trained up two people. But the problem is, is that the most experienced people have left. So I'm kind of like handy. I'm kind of de facto backup, you know, help and trainer. So, so I'm doing like eight different things and still trying to do my work and helping everybody else out. It's just driving me fucking nuts. And yeah. so it's just like, Ugh. so I'm just like, oh, I'm so done with this, <laughs> but hopefully it's going to just get better. Um, you know, otherwise I'll just slip my wrist. So, you know, <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, all right. I think on that note, we should, uh, how about we jump into our, uh, one awesome thing. Yeah. Okay, so my one awesome thing this way just it's kind of it's just a sweet story, and I found this on um, io9, and you, you most likely have seen it appear on other um, on other websites since uh, since I found it. Um, I'm just going to read it directly from uh, io9. When you go to a massive convention like Star Wars Celebration, it is best to have a game plan. Uh, what are you going to go first? What panels are you going to prioritize? And which merchandise do you want to make sure you don't miss? Well, this little Jane cosplayer had a different mission. Deliver the Death Star plans to every Leia she could find. Jane is actually named Harley. And she and her father, Din, uh, Dino, attended Celebration in Orlando last weekend. And she had a special goal in mind. To pay tribute to the dearly departed Carrie Fisher. Harley, in costume as Rogue One's rebel operative would locate as many Princess Leia cosplayers as she could and handed them specially crafted copies of the data cards containing the Death Star plans. After all, uh, that was the whole point of Rogue One. Whether it was a Leia from A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, or even General Leia from The Force Awakens, Harley completed her mission all over the convention, ensuring that the Imperial plans made their way to the Alliance and endure an adorable quest of hope. And uh, they have a bunch of pictures on here, which are actually really cool. She took pictures with all the different layouts that she was giving the cards to. Uh, the final data card was saved for the one special location on the show floor, though, at the feet of Leia's ceremonial dress, the original prop from the end of A New Hope worn by Fisher. And they have a picture of it with a rose and the data card sitting on it. Uh, well done, little rebel. The princess would have been proud. You can see more of Dino's pictures uh, from Celebration over on Imgur. And uh, it's really cool. Like, the, the picture. She's so fucking cute as Jane, by the way. She's. It, it's one of those kind of where you're just kind of like, aw. Yeah. It, it, it's really definitely one of those feel-good stories. So I thought that that was, I think that was literally like an awesome thing. Oh, that was I thought that was great. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cute. And it was well done too. Yeah. Especially for how they're doing it in the middle of the fucking floor. Right. You know, and it was it was really well done. So my one awesome thing. Um, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay. See fucking you know what? Fuck Skype. All right. <laughs> I just want to say that for the audience here. <laughs> We need to step our game up anyway. We've, we've been talking in the background. Right. <laughs> right. Don't worry about it. Um, so, StarCraft, the first one, the original one, the OG one, the <laughs> one that I played about 300 fucking hours of my life with. 40 when years I was ago. Younger. <laughs> well, not quite 40 years. Let's calm down. You know, a long time ago. <laughs> um, 
is now free. And the best thing about it is there's no catch. And it includes the um, Broad War exp- expansion. Free. Completely free. So, also, <laughs> they patched the game for the first time in fucking <laughs> over 15 years. I think it was like 18 years, yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's patch 1.18. Uh, which is a welcome, yeah, a welcome update. <laughs> so it includes added Windows full screen or Windows or windowed mode using Alt Enter to switch between. This is pretty good because so one thing I noticed is so I'm playing on Windows 10. Obviously, this game was designed when Windows the technology for Windows 10 wasn't even thought of yet, and it runs flawlessly. It runs like the game just came out, um, but. It is not widescreen, which I kind of dig. I sometimes I don't like when they take an old game and go, "Oh, let's force widescreen," then it looks like shit. Yeah, you know. So they kept they have black bars on the side, so you could do window windowed full screen um, or windowed mode. So windowed full screen is my favorite because you could fuck with other shit. Um, added UTF eight support, which I forget what that is. <laughs> <laughs> um, added cursor clamping in game while windowed, unclamping and unclamped in menus. Added popular maps to streamline finding games or game types. Added options to display actions per minute. And added observer mode. Added opponent information when joining a game lobby. So, so a couple of modern things in there. But they really didn't change anything. The game is what it was. The graphics are exactly the same. 1998. But the cool thing about StarCraft is the graphics, are, it's fine. I mean, it's two-dimensional, but it doesn't look bad. Right. You know, so now obviously um this leads up to something. Right. <laughs> oh, they're doing a remaster. Yeah, they're doing the remaster of the first game. So now people are gonna be like, Oh man, I remember this game so dope. Oh wait, the remaster drop in, I'm gonna have to pick that up too, you know, whatever. <laughs> well but, that's what um, they that's what they figure the the update was really for was to just put in all the places so then when the remaster drops you know you don't have to have this whole big update <laughs> right so if you've never played starcraft like maybe you're young or or you just kind of skipped it this this game is super legit and it, it was um it took me a while actually to actually like it i didn't like it at first because i was a hardcore warcraft player mm. like and i'm not saying world of warcraft the original fucking build a base destroy your enemy warcraft i played the shit out of that and when starcraft came out i was like i get this sci-fi bullshit out of my face you know and <laughs> but it, it it really grew on me like it was it's it's much more in depth um oh man it's just so and so much so much shit has come for this game into pop culture like zerg rush i hear people say zerg rush for random shit that has nothing to do with any video game like Oh, they just Zerg rush that shit. I'm like, do you even know what a Zerg is? And I'm like, what? <laughs> but um, great game. Yo, fuck you, man. Don't tell me how to live. <laughs> if you look in the show notes, I have uh, the Polygon Polygon article um, linked in there, and they have the links for either PC or Mac downloads. Like I said, no, you know, you know how Blizzard does it, dude. They're not trying to trick you in anything. It's 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 not even tied into their main like. Um, it's not tied into their their uh distri- dis- distribution app that that you get all their games from it's a complete solo fucking download it's dope as shit <laughs> well it's it's funny because uh i was listening to uh another podcast over the week and it's just like tech news and they mentioned the the starcraft update and they were like yeah the first update in like 
you know, 15 years, you know, for this game. And then they're like, and you know, it's free. And they go, so, but they go, it's funny because there's always some people that always kind of complain about everything. And he's like, I had this one friend that was like, oh, they're releasing it for free now. I guess I should have just waited 18 years instead of, <laughs> <laughs> instead of paying yeah, for it. This is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Because, <laughs> you know, it's about that life. <laughs> but then it kind of, I was playing it a little bit, get my ass kicked, because I'm way fucking rusty. Right. And then I remembered, oh, wait, I own StarCraft 2, and I never fucking played it. Right. Well, there so, you go. So <laughs> I started installing that, too. So uh, it was but... just, uh, StarCraft's no joke, dude. That's the game where people were fucking dying in uh, South Korea or whatever. Yeah playing like 32 hours straight i remember those yeah geez and i was like going how are you why <laughs> i played for like an hour or two and be like yeah i'm gonna take a break <laughs> oh man all right so on that note i guess it's time we uh jump into some headlines yep Collider's reporting that Marvel Studios has l quite literally revolutionized the way movies are made. They were the first to fully realize a cinematic universe, something that every studio in Hollywood is now chasing, and they also set up an entire interconnected slate of phases. Well, that wasn't all... Um, that wasn't all an entirely new notion. Marvel just basically copying how comics are... Um, comics have been telling stories for years, but it brought a refreshing spark of to the blockbuster landscape and fans began to appreciate the beginning and end of each phase. Well, Collider's own Steven Weintraub spoke with Marvel Studio President Kevin Feige in anticipation of the release of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And in speaking about the prospect of actors' contracts running out and potentially killing off major characters in Avengers Affinity War and the untitled Avengers 4, which have been described as the culmination of the entire MCU thus far, Feige's teased some serious uncertainty in regards to the MCU's future. We've been lucky that, cont that contract con uh, expirations haven't factored in too much. We had people under contract for certain films, and then we had new ideas and new directions like Civil War, like we wanted to do, and we've been lucky enough to make new contracts. Or Spider-Man Homecoming, the cast has been awesome and in their enthusiasm for the direction and the storylines that we've been telling so it really does right now all start with where we want to take the stories certainly we want to get infinity war there is a sense of climb of a climax if not a conclusion to by the time we get to at the untitled avengers 4 the 22 movies that have we that will have encompassed the first three phases of the mcu and what happens after that will be very different I don't know if if it's phase four it might be a new thing. We are not actively discussing anything past Avengers on uh, the untitled Avengers other than the, the dated Spider-Man Homecoming 2, which would not be the title. But that's what we call it, because that's the agreement we've made with Sony for the inclusion of Spidey in the Avenger films and James Gunn doing a third Guardians of the Galaxy at some point. But really, the whole focus of Marvel Studios is counting is counting Guardians. The next eight films are going to take up all of our time. Still, Feige admits that we, he has some idea of where the MCU goes after the 2019 unentitled Avengers 4, and it's something quite radical. We have an idea of what we're looking at post-Infinity War, and it's going to be very, very different. 
So, I mean, at this particular point, I kind of see where it would be different because the whole series up to this point has been setting up new characters, bringing in new characters. You have the original um, Avengers reaching the end, have reached the have or are reaching the end of their three picture deals. You know, they have the Avenger movies coming out. Robert Downey Jr. finished his three and now is doing guest stars like he did in um, Civil War and now the Spider-Man movies. So, and Thor is reaching his third film in that. So it's kind of like, where are they going to go? So it, I, you know, it could be, it could be cool because at this particular point, you could start phasing out some of the old, you know, some of the old characters or bring them in occasionally you know, instead of yeah. having soul movies de- dependent on that, because now you have Ant Man, you got Spider Man coming out, you've got Guardians of the Galaxy moving. You know, you, we've got Marvel, uh, Doctor Strange. We have Captain Marvel coming out. So there's a lot in the Marvel universe that you could, you know, push into. They, but Marvel does a good job, and we saw it in Civil War. They do a good job at having a lot of people on the screen, but I feel they're they're pushing it. Like they're getting close to that breaking point where where there's going to be one or two characters that gets no fucking screen time and someone's going to be pissed off because they have too many people in it in single flicks. Mm-hmm. But I I still have faith they'll figure it out. But I'm just curious as to how they'll keep that momentum going without people being too pissed off that oh such and such kid like didn't get enough fucking screen time on here and I'm pissed off or well, whatever like that. When you look at, like, especially with Civil War, one of the benefits of Civil War is that the ones that did have a smaller time have already had their singular movies. Mm-hmm. You know, like Ant-Man. You know, he had his singular movie. And in Civil War, they introduced Black Panther and Spider-Man gave them both their screen time and gave enough for everybody to feel like that was cool. I liked what they did. And then you had, you know, the others, the other characters kind of you know, a little bit, little bit smaller feel because it's mostly cameos for those. You know, so I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how it goes post Infinity War, especially with how they do Infinity War and then the fourth, you know, the fourth Avengers movie. So I'm not sure what that's going to be about, but we'll have right. to see how that turns out. So, a guilty pleasure of mine <laughs> is the Pokemon TV show. I watch it with my son. And I, I'm not trying to fake the funk. I watch it. I want to watch it. Right. It's it's such a positive and upbeat show. It's really difficult to be in a bad mood after you watch it. <laughs> like, you're just like, oh, man, Ash really figured that out. You know, as <laughs> cheesy as it is, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so a new a new series. Well, the series is already out in Japan, but it's coming to the United States. Um, Where it counts. The, <laughs> that's right. Based on the... Um, most recent Pokemon game, Sun and Moon. Um, they'll the first episode will be airing in the United States on Friday, May twelfth at nine PM Eastern Time. Now the first two episodes of Sun and Moon actually have already aired um, on Disney XD late last year, where the show will be moving from its original US home Cartoon Network, which I think is very smart. because um, Cartoon Network isn't as cool as it used to be. Let's keep it real. Yeah. You know. Um, these two episodes will air once again on May 12th at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And the third episode will then be broadcast at the show's regular time at 9 a.m. on Saturday, May 13th. See, Saturday morning cartoons still exist, folks. They're just on the cable yeah. networks. They're not on the standard stations anymore. 
Um, in addition to the series kicking off in, the, in full, Disney XD will also host a special presentation of Pokemon the movie, uh, Volca- Volcanion, and the Mechanical Marvel on the same Saturday at 5 p.m. So <laughs> I told this to my son, who at the time was in my my bedroom, because you know I got that 50-inch in the bedroom. Of course. You know what I mean? And he was watching um, he was watching Pokemon X XD, which was, I think, the latest one that was in the state. And he was like, go, 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 Pikachu, go. Like, he was all yelling at the screen. And I said, hey, they're going to have a new a new show come on. And he didn't even get, he didn't even say that. He just, he didn't even look at me. And he just goes, good, because I'm wrapping this one up. <laughs> I was like, oh, excuse me. <laughs> you know, so, um, by the way, on a side note, and I should have put this in the round table, but I, I got, so I bought some new furniture or whatever, and they hooked it up with a deal and gave me a free TV. So it's this 50-inch TCL or something like that. It's like kind of a offbeat brand. Right. But it's one of those Roku TVs. Oh, really? And it's actually super dope. Like it's the control is really small, and then it's it's just basically like the Roku's built into it. Like the whole television is Roku, and it's it works perfectly. Hmm. Like it was. I don't know if you're if you're looking for a new TV and you see a Roku TV, they're usually in the cheaper. Like not when you're getting a fucking eight thousand dollar Samsung. Right, right. They're in like the five hundred, six hundred dollar TVs. But it's it's really it's really dope. Hmm. Just want just want to throw that out there. Hmm. All right. Well, now that your kid's wrapping that up, you know. We yeah, can... <laughs> I know. Jesus. Very serious life he lived. You know? Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he's only got so much, you know, that he can do in his, you know, in his day. He's got to wrap, right. wrap shit up, you know. I mean, he is seven at this <laughs> right, point. So. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So uh, moving on into gaming news. So the next game of the Call of Duty first person shooter series will be set during World War II Activision announced this week. Polygon is reporting that in a brief announcement, the publisher said that Sla- Sledgehammer Games developed Call of Duty World War World War II will be more fully revealed during a live st- stream this coming Wednesday. The company also released a promo image. Uh, Activision did not give a release date, although they generally re- launched Call of Duty games in November. Following spring announcements, no platforms were specified. The full announcement states, quote, Call of Duty returns to the World War II roots of the Call of Duty with Call of Duty WW2, developed by Sledgehammer Games. More details are incoming during the game's worldwide reveal live stream on Wednesday, April 26, featuring Sledgehammer Games co-studio head and co-founder Mike Caudry and Glenn Schofield. Fans will be able to tune in and get a first look at first look at Call of Duty WW2 and get intel on the the studio's vision for the game. Um, we've kind of heard this coming for a while that uh, that it looked like they were coming back after the uh, and we you can't say and I, I stop myself from saying that because we can't say because of the lackluster reception of you know of Infinite Warfare because these games are done years in advance. So, yeah. so this was already the next staple for them because I mean, you know, it's like okay, you know, you're, you're gonna have you're you're gonna have to do something because you've had, you know, modern war, you've had uh, advanced warfare, and you've also had the Black Ops series, and you have to kind of do, you know, do what you do. The series started in 2003, and it was al- always set in World War II. Four games followed the uh, this in the same time period. 
which culminated in the 2008 Call of Duty World at War, which still is a badass game. So this will be interesting to see um, how they go back. My thing, though, is that with that fucking those new engines and shit, this shit could look sweet. Yeah. I mean, because I'm happy too, because I I feel the World War Two games. Yes, it was oversaturated back then. But I feel now is a great time to go back to it because now we're oversaturated with this fucking near future bullshit. <laughs> and the World War II weapons, they give this different level of, of challenge. Yeah. Like you get four shots reload. Right, you know? exactly. And, and, and it's actual reload. It's not, sh- <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you have to sit, th- you watch the dude put the fucking <laughs> shells in and shit. Oh, yeah. Cause and you, you have, have to really think it out. Cause I remember the, I remember playing the old school shit and I remember like sitting there going pop, 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 ping. Cause that's the, the cartridge being ejected, you yeah. know, and you got to reload the cartridge and then keep going. So, and, and the fact of the matter is, I, I'm I'm cool with the fact that they're doing World War Two because you have Battlefield, which did World War One, which the way that fucking on that Frostbite engine looks amazing. I can only imagine what um, what this uh, current what this World War Two one is gonna how what that's gonna look um, going into this. So you know it'll it'll be interesting to see um, kind of a, a nice little you know how should I say uh, kind of throwback to to what we've kind of already. No, because, you know, I mean, at some point, there's only so far in the fucking future you can go doing these games, you know? So. Yeah, it's, and and it's, um, I never liked the games that were in, like, Vietnam or fucking. Right. I don't know. I don't know why. I just didn't like the feel of them. And I, I feel like World War One and World War Two are the best settings for war games. Well, yeah, because I mean, pretty much. I mean, in world in Vietnam, I mean, there's only so far you can go, you know. But when you're dealing, and you know, with, you're gonna lose anyway. So what's the point, <laughs> right? You know, yeah, and you know, dealing with World War One, World War Two, the locales are different. You know, every you know the settings can change, and I think that just gives you a broader canvas. But uh, it'll be curious to see if they do, you know, the European campaign, and then see like, um, you know, maybe like DLC or something like that that does the um, the Japanese campaign, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. So that'll be interesting to see. I'm excited for that. I'm actually it, it's the first time in a long time I've actually been really kind of kind of excited about a, a fucking Call of Duty game. You know what I've been wanting to do? I've 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 always wanted a World War Two game where you're in the squad that was storming um, Hitler's bunker right before he offed himself. <laughs> He'd be. Rushing. I know that sounds morbid, but wouldn't it be fucking kind of slick? Like you're you're charging in and then. You get just close enough, and you just hear pop because he shoots himself in the fucking head. Yeah, I want to see that. Or you can do an Inglorious Bastards uh, revisionist. You know, be the one to pop Hitler off. Mm Hmm. That'd be cool, man. Yeah. I know it's kind of morbid, but no one likes Hitler, so (laughs) fuck him. It's fair game, right? (laughs) That's right. So that reminds me, I, I have Battlefield One, and I still haven't played it. Really. I keep forgetting I have it. <laughs> like I'm so fucking busy now, dude. I have <laughs> no time for shit. Um, Nintendo. Ah, uh, Nintendo. This is a bittersweet uh, news report for me. And I fucking and so I'll, called I'll, this last week. And, and yeah, Steve called the fuck out of this. 
and I thoroughly agreed with them. <laughs> Nintendo recently announced the disc discontinuation of the NES Classic Edition because they don't like money. Um, that wasn't in the article. I just added, <laughs> right. um, leaving many fans who are still waiting for more stocks massively disappointed. But good news quickly followed as sources say that the mini SNES will come back this holiday. Um, in, inquir, inquir, inquisitor, spell it all fucked up, previously reported. The NES Classic Edition surprised Nintendo with its popularity, but the mini SNES may even be, pop, be more popular. As a result, expect to have a harder time getting on. Whatever. Fucking guys are confusing me. <laughs> um, so... Basically, what they're trying to say, and and I do agree, is they feel the mini SNES would be even more popular than the mini NES. And I agree. Because, one, it's newer, so more people today are going to remember it that are still gaming. Because, like, even me, like, technically, I should be more about the SNES. It's just we were fucking poor, so I had the older (laughs) system for a lot longer. Right. Um, Now... I'm looking at a picture. I don't know if this is super legit. Well, no, because they haven't even officially announced it. This yeah. is a report that's going around right now. So I'll take any images with a grain of salt. Right. So they they listed, Inquisitor, listed um, 10 games that they feel should be included. And I pretty much agree. Um, they're, they're the standard games you would think. Chrono Trigger... Uh, Zelda Link to the Past, Harvest Moon, Donkey Kong Country, Super Mario World, Earthbound, Super Metroid, Super Mario Kart, Final Fantasy um, 6, and F-Zero. Um, of I, course F-Zero. But I doubt I mean, Final Fantasy would make that. I, Nintendo owns the rights to those ones. Mm, the older ones. Yeah, but I, I, They own partially the rights to them. Yeah, but I don't see that would be, like, be one of the games they would throw on a retro console. Yeah, but Final Fantasy 6 is, is one of the one of the most beloved SNES games. Yeah, but this is Nintendo, remember? Yeah, it's true. Chrono <laughs> Chrono Trigger, I, I I bet will be on. Oh yeah, because everybody fucking creams for Chrono Trigger. <laughs> um, <laughs> Zelda Link to the Past. Come on, if that's not on there, somebody fucked up. Oh, you know that it'll, it'll be the one that this will be the one that'll be like, oh yeah, you know, you can connect to the internet and then buy additional games for right. it. You know, this that would be the one. Oh yeah, and and and. Uh, and uh, Legend of Zelda, you can you can purchase on the uh, App Store. That would be their move. But you know what? I wouldn't even be mad at them if they did that. And I talked about that that podcast too. Yeah. That they need to come out with a retro con- retro only console that connects online, and they can b- and let people buy all the games they want to fucking buy. The console could still be cheap because you don't need that much space for these fucking old school games. Yeah. And have it have it go all the way up to N sixty four. Bet. Well, I fucking people be buying you know, shit. I, I, I heard that before. I heard that on another uh, um, on another show where they go, you know, they they could kind of see that they're going to do that with the NES, Super NES, and maybe sixty four. You know, they go do that on there, and they go and um, somebody go, somebody said, and they brought up a good thought. Like they go, okay, so they brought out the limited time for the NES. Now they're going to do limited time for the SNES. Then they do the limited time for the sixty four. Then a year later, they're going to release all three. I wouldn't be surprised. And I was like, you know what? That sounds about right. But the problem that I have, and if you guys are wondering, like, you know, oh, yeah, you guys said that. Yeah, we did. We talked about it. I joked about it. I go, no, they're going to fucking do an NES, a Super NES, and was laughing about it. And then I saw this. I was like, I so fucking call that. Um, it, it is in our, I think it was our discussion was when we talked about uh, Nintendo canceling it. 
So just listen to the last week's episode. But and um, yes, Steve called it, and he's very proud. I'm always pr- I'm always proud because of the fact that like you know it's one of those things where it's like we called it, it happened because everybody else kind of you know I don't I don't know what the fuck everybody else does because sometimes we call shit left and right. <laughs> Like seriously, if you listen to the show on a regular basis, you're you know the fucking future, right? Because we're right nine out of ten times, and I'm not even trying to sound fucking badass. Like that's, that's just the truth. Because it's really common sense. Like if you if you look really at is. it, yeah, it really is. Because a lot of this stuff that comes up, it's not shit that you know, like oh, far fetched or anything. That's what other sh- that's what other sites say. That's the one thing that we always kind of have always talked about. This is we don't buy into the the rumor bullshit that everybody else does. You know, everybody tries to to tell stories or do their shows where it's like just to kind of get the hits that people want. You know, like just to get people to listen to and then find out, oh, it's just rumor or oh, it's from some dude at the bagel booth that heard this you know to to us we kind of look at it in a sense of like we take the fanboy out of it and are just like you know i can see that i don't doing think that. i don't think we've ever been wrong when we say uh if a movie's gonna do well or not i'm not sure I don't, yeah i mean i don't think I, we've ever been wrong. i don't i don't think we have but you know if you can point it out into if which episode and then you know because i just will tell you you're wrong saying <laughs> I distinctly remember saying something along the lines with Suicide Squad where there's going to be people who don't like it, but it's going to do well financially. Yeah, because it's it's that it's like the same thing as Justice League. We can predict that pretty easily. It's like just as you know, people are over there like, well, you know, after the other ones are just like Justice League is going to make the fuck ton of money because you're oh, gonna, yeah. you're going to have it's their Avengers. That's even if you don't like it, you're going to go see it. Exactly. You're going to go see it. And then you're going to talk shit about it afterwards. But it was the same thing that happened with Avengers. It was like, oh, is the Avengers going to... It's like, shut up. They're going to make a ton of money. But it's going to... Whether people like it, because it's that's the difference. You know, it's the sequels that are going to be the, the bigger difference. And the problem is, is that studios are going to see, oh, well, this movie did well. So we're going to make a sequel to it. Look what happened with the fucking Charlie Angels movies. They right. they made a shit ton of money the first one, but everybody was everybody ridiculed it. Then they go, oh, we made this much money. So let's do a sequel to that. And nobody saw it you know so but yeah so um i mean the problem that i have with this with them doing the super nes is because because of the bullshit you had to go through to try to get the first one i'm not going to waste my time on trying to get another one on trying to get this no and i think that's going to be a lot of people's issue is going to be like well, I'm not if I have to go through the same bullshit of last time, I'm not going to bother this next time and that's going to hurt them. And I know this isn't going to happen, but if out of some stroke of luck, they go, "Oh, fuck it, we're just going to we're just going to produce this normally and just keep making more and then they're all just steady staying on shelves." I'll pick one up. Yeah. But I ain't going to fight nobody for it. Yeah, exactly, and that's the problem that I, that I have with like they keep saying like, "Oh, you know, Best Buy and them, they're going to get their content. It's like, yeah, but I'm not going to sit there and keep refreshing my window. I got a life to live. I got a job to right. do. It's like, I'm not going to sit there and keep refreshing my window, hoping to get it like a fucking Comic-Con tickets. You know? Not it's to like, mention, there's other ways I can play these games anyway. Yeah. Like, right this second. So, <laughs> I don't... It's whatever to me. You right. know what I mean? But I get the appeal. I mean, it's great. The sound, nostalgic. Especially for people who aren't too technically inclined with their computer. Or... Or people who just want to sit in front of their TV. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's not it's not a big draw for me. I mean, I like that they're coming out with it, but I feel like Nintendo's just doing their typical, here's a giant cock tea shit, and I'm not <laughs> going to be part of it. 
I'm going to stand up for the voiceless thousands. That That's <laughs> right. I'm going to not get this one because of that. Uh, all right. So moving into comic books. Uh, this week, I don't. Re- there wasn't really a whole lot in the way of comic book stories this week, but no. I did want to uh, do a quick review of one of the big stories this this uh, season. Um, uh, from the DC Rebirth, Batman Twenty One. Um, this is the first part of the Button storyline, which is for those of you. This basically with this issue, if you haven't read any batman issue up to this point it don't matter it really don't matter in this one all this is actually working on is if you have a little knowledge of flashpoint and a knowledge of the rebirth because what it's doing it's picking up from the watchman pin that they found at the beginning of rebirth and they have um they also talk a little bit about flashpoint um so this particular run of uh batman has been you know, getting some really good reviews. A lot of people have been liking um, King, who's writing the book. Um, so there's a. I have to admit, I actually was pretty impressed with this issue. It was one of those that I was like, going, "Oh, this is going to be where they're going to start talking about, you know, bringing Watchmen into the DC universe." Um, so, like, one of the big after you have this little shot in Arkham where. Um, this this character is, you know, pretty, saying that Superman won't come. Um, our friends will die. The Legion will die. Um, it cuts over to a um, a one sh- uh, one page panel that has Batman watching four different things on his TV, but all the other screens have the the Watchmen pin on it. Yeah. Um. So what happens is is that Batman is essentially, um, kind of just doing what he does in his cave but then he had this uh the pin makes an electrical charge with the mask that's sitting on his desk and then zaps batman as batman goes down he comes across a vision of thomas wayne as batman and he looks at him and goes bruce and he's like father and then when he reaches he disappears so the flash is you know he's talking to barry and barry's in the middle of uh taking down some samuroid invasion army and he's like you know i'm kind of busy here and he's like you know some batman of course don't give a shit <laughs> he's like well i got this thing going here with um uh a radiation spiked and it appeared to have, may have access to speed force so you know can you get over here and he's like okay give me about a minute and each panel after that is a second is a countdown of the next minute um so as he's there suddenly he hears a crack in the background Batman's like, "Oh, you're early." And um and then it's it's not the Flash, it's the Reverse Flash. He shows up and starts beating the ever-loving shit out of Batman. And Ooh. as it goes panel by panel, it's a countdown of that second and Batman is getting the shit kicked out of him. And then of course, you know, uh the Reverse Flash remembers Flashpoint. He remembers being killed in Flashpoint. That's the one cool thing I liked about this one. Well, Reverse Flash is outside of the timeline because he's so fucking crazy. Like, he's all over the place. Yeah, and he remembers Thomas Wayne being kill- killing him. And then he's he sees the, the letter that um, Thomas Wayne had written to Batman. And then he's like, oh, you know, this from Thomas. And fucking shreds it right yeah. in front of him. 
Uh, Bat- Reverse Flash is like the biggest dick in the DC universe. <laughs> he really dude. is. Dude. Like, he does shit just to be a dick. I, oh yeah, that's what he did here, and it's funny because he's like, you know, you know, he's like, you can't lay a hand on me. I'm too fast. And then Batman says, and this is what I love. He's like, um, and he goes, when you blur, you can't stand steady. Guess something. Uh, guess something solid's touching the ground. And then uh, Reverse Flash is like, what? Batman takes one of his batarangs and then slam, um, stabs it into the Flash's foot, keeping him in in one spot. <laughs> and then of course, Batman starts taking him, um, taking him down. And then, of course, you know, Reverse Flash pulls his foot out, and then they just go into this hall off battle, and um, and he beats Batman down. And then the Reverse Flash looks over, sees the button, and he was like, you know, now, you know, what's this thing? And then you just get this, and then he vanishes. And they do like about four panels, four or five panels. And then he comes back and you see him like smoldering, like his, his, like his total skin is being ripped away. And then he just says that he saw God. And then just Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. And then he just like, just like out. And then the flash comes in and he's like, sorry, I'm late. And he sees this motherfucker. Isn't it funny that the Flash is steady late? Oh yeah, he's the fastest man, he's the alive. Fastest man alive. He's always fucking That's late. That's like the running gag of the DC universe. Is the Flash is late to everything. everything. I know. It's like how is it that one guy that's so fast is late to every fucking thing? Um, artwork in the book is is great. I love the way it looks. I love the countdown in the second panels, um, and then just the the fight is brutal. Like it is right. it is totally brutal i don't know if you yeah, i haven't i haven't read the book but i was i was reading a little synopsis of it and the, i can't remember where i think it was on ign and the, the dude who's writing the article says this fight is no fucking joke. <laughs> it like, he's, he's like batman gets the fucking piss knocked out like he he, he busts the brakes off batman oh yeah from what i hear and yeah he he does and even batman's down at the end when he just takes batman down and the the cool thing is is because of that whole thing is like oh you know this is what thomas wrote to you so and then he remembers you know everything that happened in flashpoint and you know and then he you know so it's it's that kind of thing where you're like okay so now they're starting to roll everything together because if you guys have remember if you guys have read any of the past uh, superman reborn story arc it combined the new 52 with the um doomsday superman so now superman has his all his memories are all intact and it seems that it's slowly starting to affect the other characters and it seems that that the dc is Finally going, okay, you know what? We're just going to give, you're going to kind of combine everything and make it one continent, you know, continuous universe as it's done before. But um, now. Until that gets old and then they'll break it up again. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, and then they'll have another infinite crisis, you know. Uh, you got to stay on your toes when you're reading DC. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Never gets bored. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I read it. I thought it was a, a really awesome issue. If you haven't picked up Batman in a while, this is actually a really good jumping off point. All you have to do, Wikipedia Flashpoint and Rebirth, the original Rebirth issue, they'll pretty much tell you everything you need to know at this point. Yeah. It's almost like a soft reboot. Like they're just kind of like, okay, you know, let's let's do something serious now. Yeah. So uh, I definitely liked it, and ish, um, it continues. I believe it's this week in Flash number twenty-one. So that's going to be the second part. So my my thing is a preview for an upcoming comic, and it's also 
proof that Steve and I life exists out there. <laughs> I know it's proof that Steve and I need to check out this aftershock comics because they they're moving and shaking. They got some cool shit coming out, and this one I think takes the cake for me. Um, so a new book titled Unholy Grail going to be hitting stores in early July. Um, now I'm going to read the synopsis first, which is this: this is off of uh, Dread Central, <laughs> but I. <laughs> <laughs> it's everywhere, you know, whatever. But um, they kind of did this backwards. So I'm going to read the synopsis of the book first, which is at the bottom. Um, Arthur Pendragon was the king of all Britain. His story is legendary. Merlin, the Lady of the Lake, Excalibur, Camelot, the Knights of the Round Table. But these stories are bright lies painted over the truth. Here is presented the gospel of Arthur's bloody rise to power and his unholy reign. The legend of King Arthur is not the stuff of legends, but the fuel of nightmares. As Arthur descends into darkness, is there any lingering hope that he still might do something good? Like you're like, what the <laughs> fuck? So, from writer Colin Bun, Bun, which was he did Uncanny X Men and yeah. Deadpool, yeah, and artist uh, Mirko Kolak, who was on Punisher, uh, comes on Holy Grail, a Lovecraftian take on the Arthurian legend, um, and it says that had to be told at Aftershock Comics. <laughs> <laughs> In addition to Bun and Kolak, the talent behind Unholy Grail includes letterer Simon Boland and variant cover artist Francisco Fanchavilla. Um, we have both Kolak's and Fanchavilla's covers below, so if you follow the link on the show notes, pretty dope, almost like old school horror comic kind of feel to it, like kind of gritty, um, dope looking though. Uh, so Cullen shares what readers will love most about the series. Quote, <laughs> if readers are even passing, passingly familiar with the story of King Arthur, I think they'll enjoy the twisted evil version of the legend. All the familiar elements are here. Arthur, Merlin, Guinevere, Lancelot, the Round Table, Camelot, the Sword and the Stone, Excalibur. They are seen through a very dark and horrific lens. In, if readers are unfamiliar with Arthur, they can still enjoy this as a horror fantasy. And it might even open their eyes to other Arthurian legends. While this is a skewed version, I try to stay as true to the legends as possible. As for what it's been like to work with Aftershock, oh, and then he says Aftershock's dope, and basically they did nothing but support him. Um, so this looks super dope. Like it basically looks like Arthur became the king of Britain through some nefarious means. And it's it's a it's a horror book through and through. Mm -hmm. um, you could just tell, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. And there's some store there's some black and white. I don't know if the comic is in black and white or just these images, but the artwork is super detailed, um, fantastic. I like black and white books. I think it gives a especially for a horror book. Yeah, it gives a I think, it gives a definite, uh, um, like a bleak feel to it. You yeah, know what I mean, like, it gives it a little charm too to it. Right. So. This is definitely something that's on my radar, and just aftershock in general, because we we've talked about them a couple times with some stuff coming. And we always go, "Wow, that sounds really cool!" Like it's something different, you know. And I'm always forgetting about them, but I ain't forgetting about them now because this unholy grail looks dope as shit. Um, I might have to add them to the new releases, though. Motherfucker. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, check that shit out early July, and Colin Bun is the shit. Yeah. So I love his uh, Deadpool run. Yeah. Which one did he do again? 
Huh? He didn't do the Kill the Marvel Universe one, did he? I don't think he did that one. But I think he did the he did the mainline one. The mainline Deadpool for a while. Oh, okay. Alright. So guess we move into technology news. Ooh. So Back in February, Microsoft updated Windows 10's mail and calendar apps with a few useful features. Focused inbox shows you only important emails and then puts uh, uh, puts everything else into an other tab. The Verge is reporting that the calendar app gained the ability to uh, display travel reservations and package delivery details, but at the time, neither of those options worked for Google Gmail accounts, only for Outlook.com and Office 365 accounts. Thankfully, that won't be the case much longer. Today, this week, actually, Microsoft announced that it's going to be rolling out Gmail support to window insiders over the next few weeks before a wider release to all consumers. Users chosen, chosen for early access will receive a prompt to update their account settings to get started. For all of this work, Microsoft says it has to sync a copy of your mail, calendar, and contacts to its server. Any changes you make composing, deleting, scheduling, new appointments, or adding contacts are synced back to Google so everything remains up to date. Um, Microsoft will be fine-tuning the experience for Gmail users over the next few weeks before focused inbox and the helpful summary cards for reservations and package deliveries make their way all, all to all Windows 10 users at a later date. If you're Gmail using Windows Insider and somehow missed the prompt to test out these new features, you'll receive another reminder in the next few weeks. I guess it's cool that Microsoft is realizing that, you know, not everybody uses Outlook or a Microsoft issued email especially since gmail actually is probably one of the more popular emails yeah so i mean i do personally but i don't i think i do because for so many years microsoft was like you require yeah yeah (laughs) one of our emails yeah when they when they used to say that you require to use a microsoft email and you know because mine's actually an at live.com Oh yeah, it, pre- it predates the whole Outlook bullshit. <laughs> not Outlook itself, but predates right. when it was at Outlook.com. It's not that fucking old. Right. Then it would be a Hotmail, right? Um, but yeah, that's cool. I mean, you, I mean, you can the fucking Windows Mail app. You can still pull up Gmail. Shit. Yeah, but you don't get all the little bells and whistles that you get with the other stuff, right. which is cool. It's kind of like um, if you have the Inbox app for gmail on your phone it kind of works that way because like that usually alerts you of actual shit that you need not every email that comes through i've changed over back to the regular gmail app because sometimes it kind of prioritizes them in a weird way that i don't always get the email that i should be getting (laughs) so you know yeah like the the microsoft mail app which i use on my computer obviously um it has focus now and it's pretty new but I never see a point because I'll look at focus, then I click on other. I'm just reading all of it anyway. Right. You know, so whatever. Um, but that's cool because, yeah, I think more people use Gmail than anything else. So, 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 so. <laughs> no. Food and transportation aren't the only aspects of a mission to Mars scientists must consider. Right. I guess. Right, Steve? I guess. Be engaged, okay? <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
Limited cargo space means right. <laughs> Limited cargo space means to obtain tools or similar items, astronauts may need to make use of resources available on the Red Planet, like dirt. Four <laughs> Northwestern University researchers were recently able to utilize a Martian dust simulant um, to 3D print building blocks. You said stimulant, tool. right? No, I said simulant. Oh, I thought you because I could have swear I thought you said symbiont. I was like, what? We saw Wait, what? We saw what happened with Spider Man. That's not a good thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> NASA started looking into space 3D printers back in 2013 to manufacture repair parts or tools. Now Northwestern scientists have used lunar and Martian dust simulants um, approved by NASA to 3D print tools in a process the university describes as simple, scalable, and sustainable. The researchers drew on a technique they call a 3D painting process. Uh, engineer Ramil Shah uh, said using 3D paints really open up the ability to print different functional or structural objects to make ha habitats beyond Earth. They've created a 3D ink and printing method they've used to print 3D graphene and hyper-elastic bone. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> they, made, they made their 3D paints for this project with simple solvents, uh, biopolymer and dust, uh, which are similar to real Martian and lunar dust in terms of composition and particle size and shape the structures they printed are about are more than 90 percent dust by weight the 3d printed material it's is flexible tough and elastic kind of like rubber it can be shaped folded cut or rolled in addition to tools <laughs> so can weed <laughs> <laughs> in addition to, you, you want to get real high you get shit in space motherfucker that um, space weed that will fuck you up <laughs> It don't keep you grounded, if you know what I'm talking about. Um, in addition to tools... You'll be on Apollo 11, 12, 13, and fucking 14. That's how... <laughs> Shit. In addition to tools, the team 3D printed interlocking bricks, Shaw said, are like Legos, according to Northwestern. The work highlights the potential to use a single 3D printer on another planet to create structures from all kinds of materials. The journal... The journal... <laughs> the journal Nature Scientific reports publish reports public what the fuck <laughs> so the name of the journal is Nature Scientific Reports they published the research online in late March Sean another Northwestern professor who was not a co-author on this paper are working together on ways to fire the 3D painted objects in a furnace and make them harder more like ceramic this is pretty dope. Like stuff like this gets me excited because that's so so much space is utilized for tools and shit and weight and all that stuff like that. So if they could just bring a single three D printer, and I remember when they 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 have a three D printer up in the um, International Space Station now, yeah, and they printed some shit and it went flawlessly. There was no issue. So they know they can do it in zero gravity. So it's like fuck it. You know what I mean? Like. It'd be crazy. You're standing on Mars. You're standing on the moon. You're like, oh, we better not run out of um, material to make these tools and all this building stuff. It's like, really? Because the entire fucking planet is the material. So I think we're okay. <laughs> right. You know? And I think it would be dope. It's, it just will cut down on costs and make stuff like this a lot easier to do. Like, if they, they could, you could send a, um, I'm envisioning, okay? <laughs> um, you could send a 3D printer, like, machine before the astronauts even get there. And and if it's big enough, it could make the habitats, it could make the fucking a rover, it can make all types of shit. 
by the time the dudes get there, they're at the fucking Hilton, bro. Like, right. everything's already set up. They got fuck it. You know? Of course, you would have, like, you know, people get there and you would have, like, the upscale. And then on the other side, you would kind of have, you know, kind of like the projects. You're like, right. Well, this is of all the material we had left. We made this kind of ramshackle shit. But, you know, <laughs> that'll be for them people, you know. <laughs> I think the only thing the 3D print, because the 3D printers are limited to simple structures. Like, it can't make. Complex, it can make airtight yeah. things. We can't make electronics, right? It can, I don't think it can make motors or anything like that. So they'd have to bring that shit. But yeah. I mean, that's dope. Like you bust a wheel in the rover, you just go to the 3D printer and do 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 do, and it fucking <laughs> makes you a new wheel. <laughs> Gets you one of shit. those fucking uh, monster truck wheels. You're like, bitch! I told you not that one. <laughs> I almost bought a 3D printer on the tax return. <laughs> there was one for like 500, and I was like, oh, I should get that. But then I, I kind of. My adult brain was like, "What the fuck do you need that for?" It's like that. You it's know? like that meme I sent you with the dude roller skating, walking a fucking uh, was it a goat or something like that? It's like, yeah, just buying useless <laughs> shit. shit. You got because I had an envision. I had an envision. I was like, yeah, man. Like if something breaks in the house, I could just three D print that shit. And I'm sitting there going, "This tiny ass three D printer ain't making nothing I'm, I need." Because I, I saw videos of people who have three D printers, like, oh. I made a hook that I can hang my headphones on. And I'm like, cool, you saved yourself 50 cents by spending 20 bucks right. on fucking materials. You know? I mean, the technology is still awesome. Right, but but we need to calm down need, a little bit. I would need one. I, if I had tons more money, I would need one that, like, industrial side. Like, it's a whole garage is a 3D printer. Right, Let's right. make some shit. You know what I mean? Like... <laughs> I need a car today. <laughs> I need an extension on the house. <laughs> oh man! All right. On that note, I think it brings us to the end of the headlines. I always want to go. <laughs> That kind of, but, but going on or fuck your little intro, going into my, I was thinking like, why don't they make a big 3D printer, right? Put it on a, and I'm talking about Earth now, mm-hmm. put it on a plot of land, and then it digs up the fucking dirt right there, it makes a basement, but then all the land that it dug up, it makes the walls out of that. Then it's like a, what is it, like those Pueblo homes? I guess. Yeah. Like, build your own house shit. <laughs> like, just, you buy the... Recycle buy the shit house. you use, Rita. Right. You don't even buy a house. You just buy the printer. Or rent it. <laughs> they put the fucking <laughs> printer down. You, you you have, like, a screen, touch screen. Oh, what kind of house do I want? Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, that's nice. Doot, doot. You select that shit, hit go, walk away, get... It probably would take a while, so maybe go back to your hotel and kick it. <laughs> Come back the next day. Your fucking house is ready to go, baby. Hook the AC up. Make sure the plumbing look right. You're good to go. <laughs> Just saying, man. Let's get it together. Wow. Uh, all right. So, <laughs> on that note. Um, and then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> and then you could just fucking cobble together, you know, the chick you want. And then, you know, <laughs> hold on. Let me take a hit of this weed real quick. <laughs> let, me, let me get a hit of that moon weed shit. <laughs> this moon weed shit will blow your mind to Jupiter. <laughs> mm-hmm. But 
this extra grade will get you to Pluto. What? Oh, shit. <laughs> as long as it doesn't get me to Uranus. Oh. <laughs> okay, now we're being dumb. What, what, what's our, what's oh, our now we're being stuff? dumb? <laughs> yes. I was being innovative. Now we're being dumb. Uh, so, uh, the Wall Street Journal dropped a shocker of a report. Google, the biggest web advertising company in the world, is planning on building an ad blocker into Google Chrome, the world's most popular web browser. The ad blocker will reportedly end up in the desktop and mobile versions of Chrome to uh, and would be switched on by default. If true, the report suggests a major conflict of interest before Google. Today, Chrome covers over 50% of the browsing market, according to net market share, and Google would kill its income if it started blocking Google ads. Of course, Google won't block Google ads. Instead, according to the report, Chrome will target unacceptable ads as defined by the Coalition for Better Ads. The Coalition for Better Ads, which counts Google and Facebook among, among its members, has a page of least preferred ad experiences on its website. The page calls out pop-ups, auto-playing videos, ads with sound, uh, intersitional ads, or countdowns, and with countdowns and large sticky ads as below the threshold of consumer acceptability. So adware bullshit, basically. Pretty much. Um, the journal uh, notes that one of uh, notes in one possible application Google is considering, Google could block all ads on a site that doesn't comply with the rules rather than just block offending ads. Presumably, this would stop websites from using a mix of acceptable and unacceptable ads with the hope that the unacceptable ads are seen by non-Chrome users uh, since they risk losing out on all revenue from all Chrome users. The report says people familiar with the plans describe the move as a defensive one. Ad blockers are gaining popularity and with Chrome's 50% browser market share and auto updating ability the chrome ad blocker would instantly become a widely used solution out there this would give google over an um, control over an ad blocking market and the ad industry as a whole and even over its competitors which offer which offer many of the unacceptable ad formats the coalition is targeting third party ad blocker solutions like adblock plus actually charges websites money to display ads to Adblock Plus users, and Google is a member of its white list for cash program. Running its own ad blocking programs might shut out or at least reduce the fees the companies pay to third parties like Adblock Plus. Chrome already blocks window sprawling pop-up ads, but the move to block only um, the move to block even more ads would be considered counter an counterintuitive one. To block the ad blockers, Google must become an ad blocker. Uh, in an update to this from Ars Technica, Google passed along a statement. We do not comment on rumor or speculation. A spokesman told Ars, uh, we have been currently, we have been working closely with the Coalition for Better Ads and Industry Trades to explore a multitude of ways Google and other members of the coalition could support the better ad standards. So, now, some people were talking about this and were saying that um, it could, you know, like, what if Google decided, and I don't think Google would do this because they just know that would just lead them into a whole lot of trouble, is like, oh, yeah, we'll block ads, except the ads for, you know, that are paid through Google. No, because uh, then they're going to get lawsuits. 
Yeah, because then that pours into an antitrust kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I with the with some of those stipulations of unacceptable ads, I'm down for. Yeah, it just sounds like they're gonna add um, adware blocker yeah. for the browser. I mean, I'm down with that. Yeah, because the thing is, is that I've noticed which we already kind of have anyway. Yeah, with the fucking ad block, but that that one isn't. It can fuck up sometimes. Like it doesn't always work, and then it blocks ads that you kind that. I get where they're coming from. Like the thing is, is this adware blocker isn't going to block your fucking YouTube ads, right? Obviously, because there's nothing wrong with those ads. They're just trying to make money off of something that's free, right? Like I block them. I don't want to see them. But if one day they were like, no, th- no more. You need to see these ads. I'd be like, okay. Like I wouldn't be that upset. You right. know what I mean? They are providing a free search. Well, I, you know, one of the things is, is that you know, I I use ad blocker for uh for because i use um chrome and so like on the desktop i i've never had a problem and sometimes you know yeah you'll see ads on there and i've noticed that where i see some ads on there but i don't like for me it's like i don't care like that kind of stuff but when i use my mobile device and i go on a link from facebook and then I'm trying, and then I go to read a thing, and then suddenly the page stops loading, and then this big old, you know, pop up goes on there, and then it's like you got to escape out of that. And then the, at least on um, for my phone, the uh, article resets back to the top. Yeah, and then it's just- it, it, so it makes it impossible to even fucking use. Yeah, and there was. I, there was one that I was getting up where I kept look trying to look at the LA Times on my um on my phone when I was going through Facebook and then I would get this oh you've been selected Amazon thing on there like three times I kept getting it on that and then I was just like why the fuck am I getting this like this like and then of course you know I have malware and uh, antivirus on there I wasn't picking up anything so I was just like well, I guess somebody got to <laughs> got to them <laughs> But um, but yeah, it, it's just so so fucking difficult to actually read articles on a mobile device. Yeah, and I mean, you if you can, the Firefox app, uh, Firefox for mobile, you can download add-ons for, and you can download AdBlock. Hmm. But and it works great, but it is a tad slower, right? Just because you're running more shit, right? But I used to use that all the time. Actually, I don't know why I don't use it now, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, so Firefox kind of tries to solve that issue. But the Adblock add-on takes a lot of memory for some reason. So if you don't have, like, a really good phone, it, it it's not even worth it. Yeah, which is kind of one of the things I it kind of bums me about, you know, fucking, you know, Chrome on, on the, you know. Like, you, it gives you, like, the, you know, like, oh, you know, you know, block this shit. But it doesn't really work. Right. You know, and, and it, it, it drives me fucking nuts because a lot of times when I'm trying to, uh, when I'm trying to get through stuff, you know, like, it says pop-up ads blocked. But it's like when I, because on Facebook, um, like, I can go into an article and I can look at Facebook and then I can actually, it gives you an option within there to open in Chrome. So I can open it in Chrome, but it's not much better. Like I don't get right. like the pop up, the full page pop up ad still pops up. So it's kind of annoying. So it, it really is just like, 
you know, I, I can't really utilize that. And and I, I think if they do this and they do push it into the mobile into the mobile realm, I'd I'd be a lot happier. It would make my experience a lot more enjoyable. Because, you know, it's all about my experience. Fuck everybody else. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but I mean and I know I mean I'm not one of those people that's like Fuck it, I shouldn't see ads at all. If I don't want to see ads at all, I shouldn't be able to see ads at all. No, I live in the real world, and I know these companies fucking make money off of ads because, you know, and if people paid to show ads on our site, you know, it'd be the same thing. You know, it'd be like, well, we get paid for that, so, you, you know. But I I don't want those intrusive ads, you know. I, I, I've done it before where I've kind of like, I can't, I don't know if you have, but I've kind of like, I kind of want to see how good ad blocker is. So I'll turn it off or I'll go on to like, uh, like edge or inter- you know, internet Explorer and just kind of see some of the sites I go to. And I'm just like, Oh sweet Jesus. Like just how many like fucking bad ads show up. Yeah. It, it gets ridiculous after a while. Like I don't understand like what they want to accomplish with that like i can't even see your fucking website at that point right and and that's one of the big things that i that boggles my mind too because even online i mean if there's a site that it's just ad upon ad upon ad and it's just like i won't go to your site like i i i I will not do that i've stopped going on um sites on facebook because and uh, and unfollowed pages on facebook because i have to go through ads and it's just like that I get what you're. I get the fact that yeah, you want to. You, these ads are paying, you know, your rent and stuff like that. But there's a point where, you know, it's, it's like, um, it's like when your computer used to get like those uh, malware viruses. You know, those ad viruses where you get the pop ups and all that shit just blocking up your computer. It's kind of like no, I don't want that. That's not a good thing. <laughs> you know, and I, so sometimes it just kind of boggles my mind of like. At what point is is like how many ads can we throw on a page that we can make this money and hope right. that somebody clicks on one of those so then we can say see you got to click because that's kind of what I think some of it is because you're trying to you go to click on something to you know you know move around or to go to a page and then inadvertently there's a pop up that pops there so you click on that and it you know takes you there yeah you accidentally you- click on an ad I kind of feel that's the same, that's pretty much what's going on too. Because it jumps, it like I noticed one thing: like the next button will jump when you get to it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you're like, oh shit! Like you, you have oh, to yeah. be super careful. Oh, I know. And Especially then it just when... gets annoying. Like I, I'm not gonna fucking sit here and play whack a mole <laughs> trying to fucking read an article. Like, right. and then usually it's an article that's not that fucking important. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you're just like, whatever, dude. Mm. You just give up and close mm. it. Yeah, especially when you get the, and then you wouldn't believe what happened next. And then you're just like, okay, there's so much thing. I'm just, I'm leaving. <laughs> you wouldn't believe how little I give a fuck. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, to me, I don't really care about the desktop because we already kind of have that. But it's the mobile that I would really love to see. I would really yeah. love to see an ad blocker on mobile, even if it reduces the amount of ads that I see to just the page that they're on. Because sometimes, right? Because sometimes, even I mean, you know, I'll go to pages and it takes long because of all the ads they have on there. 
you know. Or then you have like my my um, kids' computer. I got to do some maintenance on it because they got a bit of adware on there, mm-hmm. and um, it has one of these. Ad- it doesn't matter what website because it's adware, so it doesn't matter what website you're on. But then all of a sudden, you'll get this giant ad that slides up from the bottom, oh. and it has a timer on it. Oh yeah, and you're like, no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> it's such a pain in the ass dude. oh yeah uh, alright so let us know uh, your thoughts on an ad blocker um, for you know about this about Google doing this or if, even if you have recommendations on an ad blocker that you use for mobile because I'm, I'm up for looking for stuff and yeah the closest thing I've found is, is um, Firefox with ad block installed okay so yeah if you guys know of anything just let us know uh hit us up on our facebook page or just go ahead and drop it in our mail bag the geeks at the lazygeeks.com um all right so i guess on that note uh we should go into some uh douchebaggery yeah okay so my douchebag of the week is some you know some people just need to make the drinks you don't need, we don't need any social science from them. We just need them to make the drinks. So <laughs> this comes from the Huffington Post. If this experiment is any indication, your neighborhood bartender is probably better at making drinks than guessing how old you are. Uh, watch bar keeps with, near, with three weeks uh, to nearly 40 years of... Ex- what? Watch bar keeps with three weeks to nearly 40 years of experience. Oh, attempt to determine whether people are underage. The drink slingers checked out 10 participants in the stunt, and let's just say the results, like a Bloody Mary, were mixed. Uh, Guy goes here, I'm glad I checked IDs when bartender said in the the cut video after the true ages were revealed. I would I would have carded every um, everyone here for the record. He declared, uh, "Toast to the bartender, the real bartender, keeping it real." So in the video, yeah, they were basically you know testing these bartenders and seeing how you could guess them by age. Because you know how sometimes when you go to a place, they don't ask you because they look like, "Oh, you look old enough," you know, right. and you know so. It it really kind of just shows you that no, you just you just need to stick stick to the drinks, stick to making the drinks and watching the cards. That's all you need to do. That's right. You have two. You have you, basically you have one job. <laughs> right. And you kind of fuck it up because you know how many times have we had that moment where you're talking to that person, you're like, oh, this this chick seems really nice. You know, it's like, so how old are you? Oh, I'm 16. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> no thanks. Yeah, suddenly it's like you do that Homer Simpson disappearing into the bush, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, some yeah my my uh, douchebag of the week is the bartenders I took took <laughs> uh, uh, participated in this study. I mean, it's hard nowadays, man. Like, and we've all we've all done it. Every guy, I don't give a fuck who you are. <laughs> you have been checking out a chick. Like, damn, that girl's kind of cute. You know, what's up with her? And you find out she's like 17. You're like, oh, fuck. You know, <laughs> shit. And you feel filthy. You look up you at know? the sky and go, you're testing me. I, I, testing I, I know me. you're testing me. <laughs> <laughs> you look at the courthouse and say that shit. Because, <laughs> like, um, if you've ever watched uh, Saturday Night Live with um, Mer- Melissa McCarthy playing uh, 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 Spence, the White House uh, 
communications director that is the the um the briefings she's she's dressed as him and every time something comes up she looks up and goes you're testing me there big guy i know you're doing that <laughs> you know? it'd be nice if we could just make it a law that <laughs> once once someone turns 18 then they can dress any way they want and put the makeup on like they want right. and anything before that no makeup and they have to dress like they're fucking they live in in syria you know like <laughs> burkas and please. shit <laughs> do me do me a favor you know because you know um, sometimes you go to the mall and you're looking you're like oh my god look at that and they turn around and they have like a face of like a 12 year old you're like oh fuck you well, we we've all heard the cases though man and it actually happens i know it happens in la a lot but it happens here a lot with the asu dudes like they'll go to these college parties and there's a couple of high school girls sprinkled in there mm-hmm and they they start drinking having a good time and you know the guys not really doing anything wrong girls lying you know oh yeah i'm i'm 19 or yeah. whatever and he's like cool he goes to get a bang and then he's in fucking jail you know like you, you gotta ask for ids these days <laughs> yeah it's like photocopy that shit <laughs> i know right <laughs> like can you can you hold your id up to your face while i take this picture right <laughs> can i get two forms of ID? <laughs> right, exactly you know <laughs> Uh, she tries to hand you a high school ID. Like, I get the fuck out of here. Yeah, no, that, that's actually not a legitimate form of uh, form of identification. Thank you very much. Right, and that's a blockbuster so, card. <laughs> then you know she's old enough. <laughs> um, so mine. Now I'm going to talk about the NRA a little bit. I am not for or against the NRA, and I don't really want to get into it. And all you snowflakes on both sides can calm the fuck down. <laughs> I just like the irony of this story <laughs> so an employee for the national rifle association accidentally shot himself thursday during a firearms training session <laughs> i heard about this <laughs> the 46 year old man was holstering his pistol Ooh, kinda, <laughs> um, when it accidentally discharged nbc washington report that happens to usually men of that age <laughs> right um, the incident happened at the nra's national firearm museum located at the organization's headquarters in Fairfax, Virginia. Fairfax County Police confirmed the incident to the Huffington Post, stating that the 46-year-old man was treated at a local hospital for a minor wound on his lower body. No charges are expected. Well, what the fuck are they going to charge him with? <laughs> um, though Mishandling the preaches, their weapon. <laughs> right. Though the NRA preaches gun safety as one of its mantras, the group opposes several measures that can make firearms safer, safer like gun storage laws, and mandatory waiting periods for okay. Now we're getting a little political. Let's calm it down. Huh. Um, the organization has, although I do agree, I mean, hmm. there should be laws, waiting periods, and shit. Yeah. Um, the organization has found itself connected to accidental shootings in the past. Um, in April 2014, a New Jersey man accidentally shot himself in the leg while participating in an event sponsored by the NRA in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. In February 2010, a gun instructor in Orlando, Florida accidentally shot a student in the foot during an NRA-sponsored class See, to receive certification to carry a concealed weapon. That, yeah, but that's that not really the NRA's fault. But that's in Florida, so was he really? Yeah. Was You know, yeah. it's like, what what really happened, you know? And honestly, <laughs> I'll add New Jersey to that as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. Let's, let's be honest with ourselves. Um, it, it's it's just, it, it's ironically funny. Yeah, like, that's you, all you're it just is. Like, you're the NRA, you're supposed to be fucking super pimp when it comes to guns and you're over there accidentally shooting yourself <laughs> you know so um i don't know we we got in a big talk at work about 
gun gun laws and and it the only thing I brought up is he said, well no one should have a gun it, the world would just be safer I'm like really because I never felt and this is no offense to Steve I said I've never felt less safe um, than when I lived in LA like I always felt like someone was going to shoot me <laughs> in some of the fucking neighborhoods over there mm-hmm. and they got way stricter gun laws in here oh, yeah. and I and in Arizona there's people with guns on their hip and I'm not even nervous yeah you know, so it's it just depends on the society in which you live. It really has no if you live in a place where people aren't fucking morons, <laughs> it doesn't matter if they have a fucking gun or not. Oh, yeah. You know, and I'll tell you what, in Arizona, there's been times where somebody pulls a gun and they're like, I'm just going to shoot everybody in here. And then there's 15 people pull out their guns like try it. Yeah. <laughs> Squeeze the fucking trigger and see what happens to you. So, you know. I hang out with those cats. I'd be like, look, <laughs> we going into some sketchy areas. Let me call the homies I know got rifles and shit. Can we get this shit going? Well, it was, yeah, because I was actually watching this documentary um, on Netflix. Really cool documentary called Tower. And it's basically about the um, the uh, first American mass shooting that is uh, uh, University of Texas, Austin. Guy climbed into the clock tower and um, at the bell tower and just started popping off people. Um, this is in like 66 or something like that. Yeah. I remember, I remember reading about it. Yeah. And, um, so it was a really cool documentary, but at one point there was the girl in there was like, you know, then I started hearing more gunshots and then I started realizing that there were civilians that grabbed their guns and, you know, took positions that were shooting back at the tower. And I was like, cause that's fucking Texas. Like, yeah, that ain't no joke. Like people, you know, you don't pull a gun in Texas. And not expected to be to shot be, back. <laughs> yeah, you you about to get shot. Yeah. But Arizona is much like that too. Yeah. Like it's it's not as like yippee kaye right. as fucking Texas is. But I see people like I see it so much that I don't even notice it. Like there's just normal everyday people with you, they got guns on the hip, or sometimes I'll see them lean. You'll see it's under the coat, you know, or something like that, and it, you just get used to it. If I can go home to Boston, you see someone with a gun, you better fucking leave. Right. Like, <laughs> you don't know what's going on. Yeah. You know, so, um, I don't know. Like, we could talk about this all fucking yeah. day, but it's just whatever. Yeah. All right. So, uh, that is it for this episode. Please rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps us out immensely. Uh, Want to catch our back catalog? You can find them on Stitcher and iTunes. We're also on iHeartRadio as well as you can go to the website, thelazygeeks.com. Uh, if you want to suggest stories for the show, you can share them on our Facebook page. We're also on social media as well, Twitter and Instagram. And we also want some feedback. Drop uh, drop it on the site, thelazygeeks.com. Comment on this podcast. Or send it to our mailbag, thegeeks at thelazygeeks.com. Also keep in mind, uh, I think next week we will be recording our um, uh, May episode of Just Another Podcast, which is where we're going to talk about. Uh, we also do some uh, mail feedback. So drop it, send your questions. Send questions, anything you want us to answer, even... You know, anything you want. If you're deciding on buying something and need our, you know, want our suggestions or just want to ask us a general question, hit us up. We'll we'll be answering them on that episode. Uh, yeah. Also, um, um, I think we're going to try. I'm going to see if Adam can do it. But I want to talk a little more comics on that on that episode. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll hopefully Adam will be able to read uh, 
Batman and the Flash, so we can have a good conversation on on the Watchmen. I'm sure I can I can muster a few <laughs> common agreed. Uh, and uh, and I'll be definitely talking about uh, Secret Empire um, for uh, Marvel, the Hell Captain America series. So, uh, all right. So you can find me on the interwebs on Twitter at a middle age geek, Instagram middle age underscore geek, or check out my blog themiddleagegeek.com. And I'm over there on Twitter at sapientl. All right, and be sure to tune in on Friday for our uh, secondary podcast, The Away Team Podcast. We'll be talking the Schizoid Man, where basically Data becomes a marion- uh, uh, marionette puppet <laughs> for some mm-hmm. for some crazy genius guy. That's pretty much what happens. Um, all right, so that is it for us this week. So until next time, a peace out. <laughs> This has been a production of the Lazy Geeks Network, available only at thelazygeeks.com. Goodbye.